Hello and welcome to the Selling on eBay radio show. Philip and Sherry with you. I was going to start by saying it's been a a long time since we spoke last and have you missed us, but that would be ridiculously self-indulgent. Welcome to the Selling on eBay radio show. We're here to save you money, to increase your sales and to have fun. The lines are open for your calls and texts. 1-833-EBAY-723 That's 1-833-322-9723 This is Fake Announcer Guy, saying here's Philip and Sherry with another fine program. So welcome along the Selling on eBay radio show. Philip Jackson and Sherry Smith keeping you company. Sherry is based in Colorado, full-time eBay seller, and she looks to the Far East for inspiration for her eBay business. The feng shui of her workplace is beyond reproach, and she runs a small sweatshop in her basement using child labor. (laughs) Which is a little bit better than who Philip hires, which are peacocks as his security team to protect him from a swamp full of alligators in Florida, where he moved across the pond in 2014, or is that when you started selling on eBay? Uh, or neither? See. Oh, no, I've been in the, across the pond 25 years. It sounds okay. like I'm fresh off the boat, I know, uh, but I've been here a while. Sometimes well, I, I, I play that so like I'm just fresh off the boat, because some people then give me more latitude. Okay. Anyway, coming up in today's program, uh, Sherry, what do we have? Well, oh goody, we have more eBay podcasts. Gosh, we haven't got enough eBay podcasts to go around. More on the way. Uh, Sherry's uh, shameless, shameless publicity (laughs) machine rumbles on again this week. We'll hear about that. You know it. And eBay announces eBay open plans. Will it be live this year or not? We'll tell you. I don't think so. Oops, sorry. (laughs) You spoiled it. And uh, we'll uh, give you our thoughts on the new winter seller release, good or bad for sellers. And that's what we do on the Selling on eBay radio show. It's about trying to make your eBay life a little bit more entertaining, maybe more profitable. You know, we're picking up, I think, where the old eBay radio show left off, which I think was about trying to get people onboarded onto eBay. I think our idea is to assume you've now arrived and that maybe we can offer a way of making you more productive or more successful, either by sharing our ideas or hosting guests who can give you more information. So that's the idea about the show. And uh, Sherry, busy. Well, we haven't spoken for quite a while. Has it been a busy week or two since uh, we last spoke? Yeah, it has. Lots of shipping, Mm -hmm. um, big, heavy things. Good. (laughs) How about you? Well, it was well a few ups and downs, but uh, the I did some calculations. I figured in the first twelve days of February, I did more in sales across both eBay and and the web store than I would normally do in a really good month. So I don't know quite what's happened. I think corporate America has come back in force post COVID. People have got their budgets, they've got projects, they've got deadlines, and they are spending money, at least as far as I'm concerned, which is which is good. That is good. I had a slowdown in January, which took me by surprise, even uh-huh. though it happens for me every year. But this week is telling me that that's over. So hopefully mm-hmm. that's over. Yeah, it's I, been a good uh, week. 
I, just, I got back recently from a little vacation, first foreign vacation, I guess, and I had a couple of years, spent a week sitting on my lazy backside on the beach, came back full of beans, lots of energy to get things listed, and I must have sat next to someone on the plane who had COVID, because the next few days I was definitely under the weather. Uh, but it wasn't too bad, not a big deal, and everything got shipped out same day as usual, it wasn't that bad. Uh, although I do tend to pre-pack stuff, so it does make life a bit easier when it comes to uh, shipping things out. So that was good. And the, the trouble, unfortunately, is when I have more time on my hands, um, I, I tend to go crazy and start buying stuff on eBay. That seems to be my um, uh, my downfall. Idle hands. And I you know, buy stuff then on my sort of personal account rather than my professional needs. And we've talked about this before, and it's... It's an observation that seems to hold true, at least for me, that I would say probably half the time when I buy something on eBay, I would say what I get is not quite what I expected. It might be, well, for example, I bought a couple of shirts. Well, they turn out to be women's shirts, and that's not right <laughs> in terms of size or style. I would have thought if you were selling shirts, you would have some idea what the difference was, but obviously not. Um, I tried to buy a pair of trousers that look very nice, nice sort of uh, light, sort of beige, maybe stone in colour. Uh, they turned up and they were sort of very positively quite brown, which, oh, given gosh. I don't do a UPS run, um, it, it was didn't really suit my style either. And there's just lots of little things of things that I bought that clearly the seller hadn't tested them if they had to work. And, and the general metric seems to be about half the time something isn't quite right. How does I the colour come out so wrong? Well, I think what they did, and I'll forgive the seller, well, it was a, probably a misoperation of their camera because if you have a camera that has automatic white balance set, the camera says, well, I know on average that the scene is grey. In other words, the red equals blue equals green on the on overall across the whole frame because that's typically how life is. And when you point it at something that basically fills the frame with one colour, the camera goes, wow, this is kind of brown. Uh, I'll make it more like grey because that's what it's programmed to do. So I suspect what the seller did was they had the automatic white balance on their camera turned on, which shifted the whole colour spectrum right towards the sort of middle grey. So, yes, that's a technical error, but surely they would have picked that up when they start editing the listing and go, that's not the item. Yeah. So that that seems strange. And, you know, it's it's a problem because eBay's strategy, whether you agree with it or not, is to say, okay, let's try and do a better job of looking after sellers and buyers and products that make the most money on the platform, the ones that we have some advantage in. And I, I think to that end, they've got to try and fix this problem because the people that they're targeting in terms of the people that spend the most money are going to find it a very frustrating experience if their life is anything like mine on the platform. And I, I've bought a lot of stuff. Um, and I just wonder whether, you know, the stuff that's going on kind of behind the scenes that maybe means they're thinking about, well, how do we address something like that? And, and we'll come on to that a bit later on. But I, I, I do think they need to kind of begin to introduce some metrics that begin to separate out people that do get it right and those that don't. Because yeah. what we're measured on as sellers is really only two things. One did we get something out the door? In other words, did we just send some, fulfill the order? And did we fulfill it on time? Yes, there are some metrics for communication and description of stuff, but they mean nothing in terms of how your business is measured or promoted on eBay. And 
I don't want to go back to the old system that people didn't like, but I kind of feel we've gone too far the other way. And the mentality seems to be, from a, from a buyer's perspective, that the emphasis on is getting something out the door, and if it's roughly right, well, that's good enough for eBay. I kind of feel there's this sort of mindset, well, it's good enough for eBay um, kind of approach to things. And I, I don't think that's going to be work in terms of what they're trying to do with the platform. So I see the fan clubs in. That's right. She totally agrees with you. So it sounds like you're saying maybe something like not as, I mean, I, I have so many, I sell so many clothes. I'm so hmm. sorry. Uh, about the dogs, but um, they're part of the and, they're part of the furniture now. We got used to them. It put okay. me off the first time we started recording these. The, the dog would just just halt me in my tracks, and I just wouldn't know what to say. Now, I just I've got the hang of just carrying on, ignoring it. Obviously, I've oh. trained me on this. Good. Well, hopefully, you know, everyone can do that. Um, I have blocked the my front door has windows, and yeah. I blocked it. So now they have scooched themselves. Mm -hmm. in front of the towel that's All blocking right. the windows. Uh -huh. But anyway, uh, I sell a lot of high-end clothing mm -hmm. and I get a lot of returns because they don't fit right. Yeah, And that's just expected. But I think what you're saying is having some kind of metric about whether they were not described correctly, the color was different, because that, that would reflect on the lister, the seller. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I, I don't think you should. we should be using it to punish sellers. But I think if we had some metric as to exactly whether it was everything was right first time. And I think if you present sellers with a metric that basically measures their goodness rather than their badness, people will regard that as something they want to pay attention to. And even if it's not linked to their fees or their search placement, just the fact that metric is there, I think most people will embrace that and say, okay, I could, yeah, you're right, I could probably do a bit better at that, maybe I need to change this or this. It's, I don't know, it, 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 it's, the existing system is kind of coarse, and yeah, these are not major things, and it probably isn't worth, you're not going to get negative feedback for this stuff, but there are, it just falls a little bit short, and we need some sort of finer granularity at the, at the upper end, doesn't necessarily count against the seller, but just gives them a hint that, that there's more they could be doing, I think, anyway. Yeah. So I, I just feel this is something that, given the direction that the eBay management people are, are going down, and I don't disagree with what they're doing, is, I think, on their to-do list in terms of fixing this, because I just find this to be so consistent. Um, that, And there's no way of knowing looking at a seller, whether or not you're going to get a 100% experience or a 90% experience. Feedback doesn't seem to make any impact. You can't really use that anymore. The pricing means nothing. You, I mean, some of the best ones are the lower price people. So, you know, I don't know. Anyway, that was my experience as a, as a buyer. Um, obviously, if you're selling, I'd be interested to know what you think. I mean, am I being overly harsh or... Do you agree that the standards have slipped a bit since eBay stopped measuring some of these things, or at least stopped caring about some of these things? Anyway, if you want to give us uh, your thoughts, uh, the website, by the way, to do that is sellsellsell.online. That's sellsellsell.online. Now, Sherry, you have a consignment business, I think. That's right. And uh, you've been trying to find the holy grail, which is software, which yes. will allow you to understand your costs, <laughs> I think, yeah? 
Yes, I think people are getting really tired of me in different eBay selling Facebook groups mm -hmm. because every time they mention a listing tool, a different listing tool, I say, oh, does it automatically track um, consigners for consignment selling? And does it populate the fees, including whether there was an ad fee or a promoted uh, listing fee on there? Mm -hmm. And the answer is usually I'll get back to you uh, or no, but on my, the last time I did that, it was about someone had posted about six bit software, S-I-X-B-I-T. Mm. And I asked my usual question, not expecting anything. And someone replied that, yes, it does. Mm. So I looked at it. It does have a 30 day free trial. It's a SQL database driven tool. So I feel like it's much more promising than mm -hmm. some of these newer ones. So um, that'll be a I little see... show project where they need to explore that and let us know if this is the holy grail that you are seeking. Yes, this is very hard for me because I am quite set in my ways. I'm using Google Sheets to track everything, uh -huh. but I have to manually look up every single fee for every sold item. Um, and put it on my different consigner no, sheets. No, changing um, listing software is a, a big deal because that now becomes your database of records. So you're you're locked into that for keeping everything going forwards. And you know, it's not something you want to change every five minutes. No, it's not. Um, I am I'm committing to doing this, um, but it's a, a really big deal, and the, I'm committing to doing it because I would I spend hours looking up the fees and doing mm. accounting, mm -hmm. which I could be spending listing and I need to do that. Sure. So, And uh, moving on to another thing here, uh, you may recall the smugness with which I pronounced that the uh, the game size flat rate box was going to be discontinued and how I'd got my bulk order in before they turned the supply off. Well, unfortunately, yeah, USPS had the last laugh because they lost the entire the entire shipment. No. My my 10 packs of 25 boxes all got lost en route. I got a tracking number that said they got as far as Jacksonville, and then they vanished. This was about two, three weeks ago. So I went no. on to the USPS site, and they try and try and get you off the 800 number. There's an inquiry form you can fill in. I filled that in. It goes to Peter, who works in the post office down the road from me. Solid guy. Uh, used to be my postman. Know him very well. And if, and if he says he can't find them, then I'll I'll believe him. Um, and he says he's gone through everything that he can do to try and find them, and they are all missing in action, and do not expect them to turn up. So that's there wild. We are. What did they so, fall off the back of a truck or? I don't know. Maybe someone said, "Oh, these are these are going to be useful." I'll, I'll maybe maybe even the post office said, "Oh, this must be our internal stock arriving. We'll just put that on the shelf." I, I don't know. Annoying, because uh, he just said, "Oh, just order some more." Well, I can't because of course now they've long since vanished off the site. So oh, man. I did manage to score a couple of boxes, um, a couple of packs of them earlier on in the year. So I've got a few left, but once they're gone, they're gone. So there we go. So that's a bit of bad news. Uh, but uh, on the good news front, you um, had some excellent publicity come your way, I think. I did months mm. ago. And we're talking about definitely in the summer. Yeah. I was contacted by a reporter or a journalist who was um, proposing a story about e-commerce and people selling online during mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this whole COVID thing. 
and asked if I'd want to be in the article. And I said, sure, of course. So uh, they even set up a photo shoot, um, paid professional photographers, makeup artists, um, who really did a great number on me. My gosh, I should have her come every time. It look, every I saw day. you show me the photograph and I, <laughs> I'm not going to try and sound surprised, but I thought you cleaned up pretty good. <laughs> well, thank you. But I, I, because you see me on Zoom all the time and on Skype and, and you're well aware of the reality of, of the situation. But they also touched up the photo to the yes. extent they went a little crazy with that and it kind of altered my nose, which could be a good thing, but you can only go so far. I My, my photographer brain kicked in. I thought they've done some skin softening around the face uh, and stuff like that. And it, it, I don't know. They, they probably thought they were flattering you. I mean, it's a difficult. Yeah. It's a difficult thing because you can you can dial that up all the way. You, you can take twenty years off someone. I did that to yeah. my mum one time, and 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 she was amazed. And she she just could, it blew her mind how much younger she looked after we'd sort of gone through the the Photoshop process. Um, oh yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was, I think they got the balance right. I thought. I, I, oh, I, I thought it was a good picture. And bear in mind, good. they're publishing. It's a physical magazine or an online. It's a fig physical and online magazine, and supposedly they have one of the highest readerships. Uh, first for Women magazine, they have like over 1.5 million subscribers. Wow. Okay, well that's. And good. I am being contacted by <laughs> some of those subscribers. But I have to say something else funny is that the photographer set up in the basement, which is where I do all my mm -hmm. work, in my unfinished basement, and. Um, took pictures of me in front of the racks of bins yes. and in front of my photo studio. She did all of that. And we were down there for two hours. And then she sent some samples over to the person at the magazine. And that person said, oh, why don't you do a couple upstairs uh -huh. and um, where my house <laughs> it looks different than the basement upstairs. So she was like, oh, well okay she she didn't she thought they'd want me in my workspace yes. so they have me sitting on my dining table with my laptop on my lap anyway mm -hmm. it's funny because they used that one the one yes. upstairs and yeah, actually i agree good. with them it, it, i think i can understand why a work environment would just be quite distracting background yeah so yeah it, it worked I mean, pretty well you have some funky purple uh paintwork going on there by the look of it so Oh, you know, they did it, that it, it in the photo. That, oh, did they, that's did they a Photoshop up. that in? <laughs> yeah, and my sister-in-law is the one who decorated my house, and she's uh, like, oh, they changed your your walls to purple. Oh, okay. All right, well. Yeah, I, I don't have purple walls. Purple's the color. I thought, that's, uh, that's very trendy, don't you? <laughs> no, 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 no. They they dialed up. Mine are more of a, a gray. Very good. A fashion Well, well done gray. for that. Congratulations. Okay. hope that works out well for you. Lots of business coming your way in the weeks to come and uh, <laughs> lastly from me in this segment oh, I lost a bunch of money uh, $234 I am out uh, spoiler alert punchline as always it's just a cost of doing business but it does seem to be in this particular case and this was a lost package internationally um, sent to Israel and I generally I'm okay sending stuff to Israel the tracking is not perfect there but it generally works okay 
And this got as far as the Tel Aviv airport and then vanished. Was the buyer a scammer? I don't know. I don't think so, but you never know. Just disappeared. And the way I, I play these things is oftentimes it's just a question of waiting. And if you can get the buyer and eBay to wait, it will turn up eventually. And then you're good to go. Your money's, your money's safe. And if someone files are not received and it's international, you can, I think you get 21 days in the initial cycle for it to turn up before eBay will whip the money out of your account and you've lost. But if you contact eBay at the end, of, just before the end of the wait period, they will add another 10 days on top of that. And they will do that up to two or three times if it, in the case of an international order. So my strategy here is, in this situation, to try and run down that clock as slow as possible, keep applying for extensions on time, explain to eBay, not a question, no problem doing the refund, but, you know, there's COVID and all this other stuff going on. How about we just wait a bit longer? But I pretty much exhausted that line. And then you have a choice of you can either just let it go to the buyer to escalate it and have that found against you, and would they do that? Yeah, probably they would. They've opened the thing in the first place. Or you can just bite the bullet and issue the refund and move on with life and maybe hope it turns up. Wait, you were out that eBay didn't refund you? Well, or no, it's my responsibility. If, if the tracking says that the guy didn't get it, it, it I'm on the hook to refund him. Um, and that was the case here. I did write to him and I sort of say, well, you know what, you've been very, very patient with me. I really appreciate that. I, 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 in all conscience, I can't keep you waiting any longer. How about we do this? I'll refund you the money now, and if it turns up, I'll send you an invoice and you can you can pay me afterwards. That seems fair, right? So, I, I mean, I have no real way of enforcing that, but I, I try and at least get that, under, that thing set up as an understanding between us before issuing the refund, uh, just in case it, you know, turns up, in which case I've got some leverage, maybe, the thing that did happen was in the conversations with eBay, and this is perhaps the, the key point, eBay said, tell you what, if it does turn up and either you've got tracking information to show it did turn up or a message from the buyer saying, hey, I got it, um, you can appeal to us and there's a very good chance that we will refund you and we'll eat the $234. Um, because it seems like you don't do this very often. This is not a thing that you you do frequently, it's it's a one-off. We might look very favorably upon an appeal on that basis. So uh, even so, even though it looks like I'm out, it, it might be it, it turns up, in which case you never know, I might be able to get the money back off eBay. They're not obliged to do that, but that's what they said on the phone. So another lesson- Oh, sorry, did you ship it eBay Standard International? No, this was first class mail. Aha, that's uh, why you're not getting reimbursed by them now. Correct, yes, because the good thing about the standard, send interna standard International is that that should come with delivery confirmation, or at least some sort of it does. tracking trail. That's what they say it does. Uh, and more on that later on, by the way. Um, okay. When that, yeah, so that, that was the buyer's choice. Um, uh. anyway. But in fairness, you know what? I, this is the first time I've actually completely lost something anywhere domestically internationally in i don't know 15 plus years um so you know in the scheme of things it's not 
a huge risk. It's annoying, yeah. but it's not a huge risk. And it certainly isn't, in all honesty, worth buying insurance, which will cost you, what, one and a half, two percent of the value, probably? Because yeah. statistically, if it's one loss in 15 years, that's probably a one in 10,000 probability that stuff will get lost, based upon my experience. And I don't so, even think you can buy insurance for first-class international. Maybe not, yeah. Maybe you have to go to a third party and, and do it. Uh, you probably could, but um, it, it would not make sense financially, probably, given the, the risk. Anyway, so I'm out a bit of money, but that's the process. Uh, string out the timeline as best you can. Keep eBay in the loop. Try and get eBay on the hook to refund you if it does turn up. Keep the buyer in the loop. Put a smile on your face. Say, I'm sorry, it didn't work out. Here's your money. Um, and don't worry about it. It's just, as we said before, cost of doing business, as eBay likes to say quite often. Yeah. And uh, I think, Sherry, you had a situation where eBay chose to, they chose to refund a buyer, even though they weren't, in theory, entitled to a refund. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, I had an item that I sold for $165, and it showed as delivered. Mm. They said they didn't get it. And sometimes that does happen with the post office where it says delivered and then they didn't get it. Mm. Sometimes I ask them, just wait one more day and then it shows up the next day. Mm. But with her, it never showed up. She opened a request and I provided the tracking number that showed it was delivered. Um, eBay didn't take the money from me. You know, they mm -hmm. closed the request, but they also reimbursed the buyer mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so they are they seem to be doing that more and i just have to chime in, in case i didn't make it clear that there was a time shipping with ebay standard international where the tracking stopped showing mm -hmm. and i opened a claim with ebay and they refunded me and i refunded the buyer good or i refunded the buyer and they refunded me so i feel i do feel more protected with that than through mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. post office for international well it's i guess it's their choice i mean there's time a couple of times that's happened i thought it was a blatant fraud but uh, ebay decided to refund them anyway well, it's their money i mean they can do what they like right yeah but uh, yes uh, and that's why i generally if someone says i didn't receive it even though the tracking says they've received it, I say, yeah, sure, I'll go through the eBay loop and say I didn't receive it. Because from my point of view, that gets me off the hook. It becomes yeah. eBay's responsibility. And you never know, that eBay might give them the money anyway, and then everyone's a winner. So that's the best way to handle that. Okay, yeah. we'll have official uh, eBay news coming up in just a minute. Okay, so Philip and Sherry clearly aren't experts. We need your help. Will you be a guest on the show? Is there something about selling on eBay that you can share? We'd like to have you join us. Contact us. www.sellsellsell.online That's www.sellsellsell.online Thank you for being part of the show. I saw uh, a survey out uh, that took uh, place in England recently. Apparently that's a small island off the uh, north coast of France, I'm informed. And uh, they managed to find 12% of their respondents. Their ambition for this uh, 2022 is to start their own podcast, which makes you wonder, well, obviously most of them are going to be about infeasibly complicated uh, home bakery projects, but a, a few I'm sure will be about um, 
selling on eBay, so look out for a few more of those. And of course, if that doesn't work out, they'll be the perennial favourite of what the heck is Britney Spears doing this week? Also, on the subject of uh, new podcasts, I see there's OptiSeller, who are one of these uh, third-party application providers that eBay uses, have hired someone called Kathy Terrell uh, to be their uh, their brand ambassador or spokesman. And uh, Kathy, as I'm sure you know, is shy and retiring and hates publicity or any kind of self-promotion. So uh, good luck to her with that gig. She's their first guest on their podcast. If you're looking around for more uh, eBay podcasts, so uh, hunt around for OptiSeller and their podcast. It sounds from the accents like they're all based in a very, very remote Scottish island, so that'll be an added twist to their particular broadcast. Interesting. And video is now supported Mm. on desktop. You can add a video to your listing, and background remover is now on... Oh, yeah. Yes, the desktop. So that is... I'm very excited about it, and I immediately did switch again to Mm -hmm. the new listing tool... And me and my crew are liking it. Um, The only thing is that I haven't figured out because you can click import from cell phone, the pictures. Mm. And with my cell phone, it works really well. It just pops up. I can add them on the cell phone and then uh, click list. But I haven't figured out how to do it on my um, employee's the phones that I have them listing with. So that's my next big Very good. Well, we'll follow this uh, little project as well. Another one for you to report back on in in the future. Uh, We also been tracking this uh, business about what the heck happened to our lifetime sales figure on the dashboard. That that got wiped out a a few months back. And we had a first response back officially was via the announcement boards. And they said, well, sellers were getting really confused by this number. And we thought to uh, avoid the confusion, we'll we'll delete the figure altogether, which um, sounds very suspect to me. And someone else asked the same question on the eBay podcast maybe a week ago. And the answer changed a bit there, and I'm trying to remember exactly what they said. It was kind of, well, um, it was uh, rather difficult for us to calculate. The platform was slowing down. It was slowing up the whole system, and for the integrity of the platform, we decided to take it away after much deliberation and honest discussion and all this stuff. So it's gone. And I don't believe either version at all. Uh, my money is on cock up and cover up, uh, but we will, I'm sure, find out at some point. But I just don't believe it for a start. I mean, the number is almost must be exactly the same number that they have to track for the 1099ks. So if the platform is able to produce 1099ks for everybody, and it is pretty much everybody these days, without going into complete meltdown, uh, I really find it difficult to understand why just a few bytes of data can't be recorded against every account just tracking that cumulative figure so the excuse that the platform was going to go into meltdown and be unstable as a result of this particular piece of uh, data i think is just a totally made-up answer so that's my opinion but what do i know you might and, be onto something about <laughs> the 1099s maybe it wasn't the same and just to do del- remove any confusion. It could have been that the, <laughs> there was a the small number. discrepancy that they thought, oh, rather than fix this, we'll just, we'll just delete the one that they care most about, right? Yeah. What the heck, you know, saves, saves us hassle. 
Anyway. Yeah. And eBay Open, we got a little bit of a, a clue as to what's going on with that the other day. Yeah, they announced that it will be virtual mm-hmm. and they're planning it for September 19th through the 21st. Yeah. Since last the last one that was virtual, what did they have? 28,000? Yeah, I, I hope they do bring back the in-person events. But, you know, you look at it from their point of view, it, I don't know what the subsidy of each person at the event is in Las Vegas. It's got to be well over $500, probably maybe $1,000, excluding the cost of having the people from eBay fly in just in terms of having someone oh, yeah. rattle around a hotel for several days eating the food and drink and stuff at a party. You know, okay, we pay for our rooms, but everything else is covered pretty much by eBay. We The $400 that we pay doesn't really cover anything very much. So, you know, it, it, from their point of view, it must look awfully expensive for just 2,000 people or whatever the number is versus 20 plus thousand people can take part online for what the price of a box of swag you know it's it's uh, the yeah. economics must be pretty overwhelming so i can understand why although i am disappointed but maybe they will uh, jazz up the content a bit this year they've got a bit more notice i think to try and get it get it organized and they obviously learned a lot uh, last time around so yeah. i don't know tinge of sadness uh but that's maybe the way it is now maybe next year who knows um and also, um, very slightly related, uh, I don't know whether people have listened to the uh, the old eBay radio show, but Audrey Tracy, who used to do occasional fill-in shifts on that show, I think, she was a regular guest and uh, was very busy behind the scenes at eBay Open because those of us that were doing the presentation, she was in charge of trying to corral us together and make sure that what we produced was corporately compliant with eBay's requirements, which was quite a battle. Uh, anyway, she's announced she's leaving eBay, and I think that'll be a loss to eBay. I liked uh, listening to Audrey, and uh, it sounds like she's starting up her own venture. She looks like she's going to be an interior designer going forward, so we wish her well with that. If you want to find out more about us, then we have a few details about ourselves. We are very publicity shy. We hate talking about ourselves on the program. Oh, it's not yeah. about us. Uh, but you can find out more, our stores, all that sort of stuff at uh, www.sellsellsell.online. That's the show, uh, the uh, the Selling on eBay radio show site. We can't use eBay in the URL because they'll get upset. Uh, and uh, there's uh, links to our stores, there's a place to answer questions, uh, the phone number, all that sort of stuff is on the site. So that's uh, www.sellsellsell.online. Uh, a few quick uh, points here I think we've come across uh, recently regarding uh, eBay Matters, just for your information. Uh, we talked a little bit about the, I think they call it Standard International, the, the cheaper form of international shipping. And I noticed that when they're sending it via DHL as the, um, the third-party provider, because they use DHL and nowadays Ascendia as well, uh, DHL is the international arm of the German post office. They decided to acquire DHL to maybe have a slightly more commercial-sounding brand. Um, rather than deliver stuff, say you're sending stuff to England or France, they used to send all this stuff out via the DHL courier network in-country. Seems to me all this stuff is now going into, let's say, Frankfurt, and then being dropped into the international mail by the German post office, and then it goes via the regular mail system. 
maybe they have imbalance of packages going backwards and forwards and they have a, a deficit they can therefore send packages out pretty much for free. I, I don't know, something like that. Um, but the point I'm trying to make here is that the tracking that you get back on the eBay site may be inaccurate, at least that's been my experience. I've had stuff where the site says it's been delivered, so I've closed the file at my end, and only to get a letter or message a couple of days later from the buyer saying, hey, this hasn't turned up, what's going on? And I think it's a mismatch in terms of how the DHL and the postal systems report back into the eBay system. And what's happening is when the item is actually waiting at a post office for someone to pick it up, it is showing on the eBay system as being fully delivered. The workaround is to uh, drill down on the tracking system and find the underlying tracking number of the package that in the second leg that goes via the postal system, which will probably be in the case of DHL ending in the letters DE for Germany. Uh, and then you can track that number using the regular postal tracking system, and it will show whether or not the item is sitting at a counter uh, ready for pickup or not. But uh, just to, to be... Uh, aware of that and that you may get inquiries from customers saying hey my stuff hasn't arrived what's going on that's the answer good to know also oh we had a call the other day with uh, the seller check-in call sherry and it sounds like they have changed the format again on us yeah they're going to do these seller calls quarterly instead of monthly i think that's a great idea and mm -hmm. have it as a two-hour call to give enough time to go over everything, but I, I think switching it to quarterly is a good idea where they can let us know the latest changes and upcoming things. Mm -hmm. So that's something to look out for. If you haven't been invited to that and you want to, it's open to anyone who sells on the platform. The uh, calls are posted at the eBay seller events site. So that's sellerevents.ebay.com. Uh, you can see those those things posted up and just sign up. That's all you need to do. And uh, you can join in on those. Um, I mean, there's been so much uh, stuff in the news about these 1099s that are now coming out starting next year for just about everybody. This year, people are saying they've got errors in or they've received a 1099 having not sold anything, which seems strange. Um, mine might have been okay, but few people have said that they doesn't make sense to them. But uh, they have clarified, or it's obvious now, that these 1099s are excluding the tax that eBay is collecting on behalf of states and, and counties and stuff, which is good because uh, you don't really want that added to your numbers because you have to back it out when you do your tax return and that's just something else to get wrong, right? So um, that's a good thing. It wasn't always clear, I think, from the beginning how that was going to be handled, but at least they've clarified that. So the 1099Ks are your gross revenue, but excluding any taxes that eBay collects on your behalf. Good. So. That's helpful. And is Etsy trying to become a rival mm -hmm. to eBay with general merchandise? It used to be the place where people who made things themselves sold mm -hmm. them. But now it seems like they're also just selling uh, general merchandise. And, I mean, I hope they do because the more competition eBay gets, the more pressure they're going to come under to get their fees lowered. So I'm in favor of yeah. anything that, that puts them under pressure is my, my view to that one. I've always had a couple of things of Etsy. It's not really been something that I would generally gravitate towards, but I've ordered some, like, leather cases and stuff, and they've been pretty good. So, you know, I, I, I think it's an interesting, uh, interesting direction. 
Yeah. I've been also I'm fascinated by this uh, this this cyber stalking case that that eBay uh, is kind of wrapped up in right now. And it sounds like uh, things are getting to the interesting stage after months of not very much happening. We've got a, a, a criminal case where five people have pleaded guilty to the cyber stalking and two have elected to go to trial. At least they believe that's what's going to happen. And those guys are trying to get hold of internal eBay documentation that they say may well show that they were just following orders and that this goes all the way up to wherever it goes up to. Um, and that has to be ruled on by a judge because eBay says, well, you can't have that because that's client attorney privileged material. So at some point we get a, um, a, a, a adjudication by a judge as to whether that's admissible or not and whether they have to, eBay has to hand that over. But there must be some stuff there that we haven't yet seen written up. I mean, for example, these people were living the high life. They were holed up in the Ritz-Carlton in Boston, going out for expensive meals. I think one meal was $750 for the, for the group to have dinner one night. So these were people that I think, frankly, thought they were on company expenses. I don't believe they would be doing that if it was on their own dime under their oh, own no. initiative. <clears throat> so someone somewhere, they obviously thought that this was all corporate sanctioned stuff. And I don't mind betting, therefore, there is an expense claim somewhere in eBay system saying, you know, please re reimburse me tens of thousands of dollars. And I don't know what the corporate hierarchy of, of expense claims is, but most companies, you know, it goes up a certain level in the organization depending on the amount of money that you're asking for. And I would imagine well into five figures probably goes to senior vice president level, if not higher. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who signed off on some of these documents. Because when you sign off, you're saying that spend is legitimately in the course of the company's business and therefore can be set against tax. If it isn't, it's a, it's a personal bonus to the person concerned and it goes on their W-2. It has to go one of two ways. Um, so, And I guess they didn't have it on their W-2s so or they wouldn't be asking the question. So I, I think there must be additional data that's out there. eBay doesn't want to get that in the public domain. But you know, I, I think it'll be interesting in terms of if you follow the money, uh, we might get more uh, daylight as to exactly where this went in the organization. So that's the uh, criminal side of things. There's also this civil case where the Steiners are suing eBay and all the other players um, for damages because of the way they were treated. And the eBay representing themselves and all but one of the other um, defendants has filed saying they want to put a stay on the case for up to 90 days because they are entering into a mediation process with the Steiners and they want to see if they can settle that. What's interesting is that the e-commerce bite site, which generally has reported their own affairs, you know, pretty, pretty straight, has not mentioned that, even though it was in the Boston Globe. So I don't know why that is not being, that's gone, they've gone silent on that when that's, in the public domain, it's in the court records, it's in the media. Do Is this just something they have to go through um, as part of a process, even though they want to have it their day in court? Um, do they not want it known they might settle? I don't know. It's, it's interesting what the motivations might be. I mean, if I were them, I would I'd have the meeting because it might give you some idea where eBay is coming from in terms of what number they have in mind. Um, yeah. But... You know, so anyway, in theory, eBay says that all parties, apart from Mr. Jim Moore, he was the guy that, um, in the press, they kind of present him as uh, 
a version of the Robert De Niro character in Meet the Fockers. That they, they, he was kind of acting out that role. I don't know whether that's true or not, but that's kind and of how he was he's been the, portrayed. The head of the security, oh, he was head of eBay well, security guard. I would call or? it dirty, dirty tricks department. But he was head of some sort of security <laughs> group. He hired all these girls who were like agency people. And there's one of them, Victoria, uh, was it Victoria Day? Vanessa Zay, I can't remember the first name. Veronica Zay, that's right. She's given an interview in the public media, which is an interesting read if you want to hear how kind of they felt they were being managed. And, you know, they, they were basically being told that this was all sanctioned and they would be covered by the company, that if they wanted to get a proper job with eBay and not just be a you know, by the hour, by the day contractor. This is how they would be accepted within the company. Um, so, so they anyway, were all employees, right? I think that uh, it depends. They, uh, at the lower level, I think they were just a contractor by a, by an agency, and then they were junior managers all the way through. Um, anyway, so eBay is saying, with the exception of the Jim Bohr character. Um, We've sat down with everybody, and we've all agreed that we want to have a have a thing put on hold, pending a um, a mediation process. So, mm. to me, that indicates that maybe eBay is just going to sign a check on behalf of everybody just to make it all go away, and not just settle on their own account and uh, leave other people to fend for themselves. Because their objective is to keep this out of the media, right? They're not doing this out of charity. It's because they don't want to be. Look at the bright light of publicity coming their direction. Yeah, because it's so, a, a sick mafia type mm -hmm. kind of thing that happened. Very weird. So uh, that's interesting. So we might have to wait a month or two, but uh, the, the, the judge has uh, granted that uh, stay up to 90 days, and we'll see where that goes. Now, it could just be that eBay wants to play for time and see how the other matter pans out which is why i mentioned that because if the criminal case discovery process releases lots of internal documents that might add a very different complexion to the civil case so it is in their interest perhaps to try and bottom that one out uh, before they go into the negotiation with the steiners regarding any compensation that they might have because it obviously they need to set the number according to the publicity downside that they might experience so it's interesting watching all this play out through the court documents. Yes. So we'll keep you posted. It's kind of a complicated search to get all this information, but it's out there. Uh, but we'll we'll review that and let you know if any uh, interesting uh, developments happen. Oops, where's my music? Here we go. Do you have an eBay listing that isn't selling? Philip and Sherry want to help. They'll each make a couple of suggestions for things to change or try to get your sales moving. Just send us your item number and we'll get to work. www.sellsellsell.online What do you have to lose? Experts are standing by. That's www.sellsellsell.online So it's the Selling on eBay radio show. Sherry and Philip with you here to make your uh, eBay life more enjoyable and hopefully a little bit more profitable too. Okay, just a quick uh, final piece here. Let's uh, give our reactions to the winter seller release. came out a few days ago. Uh, a few things here of interest. Not a particularly dramatic change as far as most things go, but there were changes to fees, right? Yeah, across the board, about 0.3% fees are going up. 
They kind of snuck that in and then ended yeah. the meeting. <laughs> yes, it was funny. They t- they talked about this on a, on a, one of these seller check-in calls. They filled the first 20 minutes with something about the colors on the website. And that kind of pushed everything into a time pressure. So in the last two minutes, they said, oh, by the way, the fees are going up. But we're out of time. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> uh, so 0.3%. And does that mean every time they do a release, which is three times a year, I guess, uh, we get another 3.3% added? Or is this like a one time? Who knows? You know, you don't know. Uh, it wasn't going to go down. I could pretty much bet that. Yeah. So, okay, a fee increase. Uh, also, and, and maybe this kind of feeds into what we we're talking about earlier in terms of trying to get the seller metrics revisited. They seem to have suddenly got to be in their bonnet about feedback, and I don't think this was expected, at least not by me. Um, and they've, they're not significant changes, but they are trying, I think, to add back in some credibility into feedback. I don't know whether that means that feedback will begin to be now part of some maybe some effectively some means of doing best match going forward i don't know um they are going to program the ebay app initially to do what i would describe as feedback nagging which you know haven't have you left feedback for this item yet which would drive me nuts uh but i don't use the app so i guess i'm gonna have to wait till it starts happening as pop-ups on my desktop and then i'll go nuts at that point um also and I think this is not a bad idea, maybe, that if you go to leave a negative feedback on the app, um, it will say, oh, uh, was there a problem? Can we help you resolve a customer service issue? Do you want to contact the seller? Was it the wrong size? Was it did it right? Like, whatever it is, to try and resolve that. Give the seller a chance to try and resolve it before the negative is posted, which, you know... Uh, I get nervous with people leaving feedback using that app anyway because the app strikes me as a source of errors and a lot of erroneous feedback I've received has been because of the app because people leave under the wrong item or they get confused or they can't read the screen or whatever. I don't know, but it's but people do, I guess, use it for that. So um, maybe that's a good thing. We'll, we'll just have to see. Yeah, and they're rolling out threaded communication in the app so mm. you don't just have... Uh, one response or one question and then you answer and then you have to go to your scent to find out what you answered them last time. Now you mm-hmm. can see it like like on a Facebook messaging kind of thing or on a texting thing the way it should be. So I think that's going to make things a lot easier. Yeah. Um, the thing I'd like is if they could tell you if that, if that, that, that particular uh, buyer is on your block list or not because that's that's the first thing i look up stupid question okay is this a sequence of stupid questions or just a one-off um, oh yeah because if they've already been blocked i'm probably not going to spend a lot of time engaging in a in a in a to and fro with them um well when i block a buyer i also block choose the option that they also cannot yes. communicate with me i think i i don't do that because i want to know if there's a problem coming and if they start coming back to me with dumb questions and then I get an order for the exact same item from someone two streets away, oh. I figure, okay, they're trying to circumvent that. And I might still go with the order, but I'm on, you know, super tight behavior trying to figure out, okay, this might be, this might be a problem that I, you know, I'm about to get into. So yeah. um, I don't block the communications. I like to know if a problem's about to hit me. But yes, I, I, I hit that uh, blocked uh, buyer list pretty frequently. 
Anyway, so that's interesting. I, I think it's not a bad idea. I'm sure it'll hit the desktop at some point too soon. Uh, it'd be nice to be able to see history. Nice to know if that person's bought from you. Uh, people said, can we see what the listing price is and all this other stuff. So hopefully they'll build up a nice, effectively a proper CRM system that, you know, does the job that most e-commerce platforms have had for years and years and years. Yeah. Uh, they are also doubling down on this uh, binding best offers. I got suckered into, well, I got I got um, opted into the uh, the trial of uh, having to put your credit card number in when you make a best offer and they take the money out of your account when uh, if the offer's accepted. Uh, we've spent time before talking about why I don't personally care for that, but hey, sellers love it. So it's the one thing they've done, I think, that's probably totally in response to demand from uh, sellers. Yeah, and, and uh, they uh, they launched the promoted listings for auctions. Mm -hmm. I even saw that on the app today with an auction. Oh, I don't yeah. do a lot of auctions, but did it show it how said, much they were going to charge? Because that's the that's the missing piece of information they've not released is how they figure out it's a one time charge to promote your auction. But obviously, yeah. you know, a 99 cent USB cable is going to be a different charge from a, a one-year-old BMW. Um, Shoot, I'm trying to see if I did a screenshot. Well, that's shot. another project perhaps for you to uh, report back on. Yeah, I'll um, have to. I think it was like $1.99 okay. for well, a $175 item. But well, that's I, not bad. I'm not positive. I mean, if it triggers a bidding war, it's going to pay, over, pay off several times over. The question is, uh, you know, it, it's a crapshoot, right? Yeah, it reminds me of when in it almost like replacing when insertion fees were a mm -hmm. couple dollars based on the starting price. All right. All right. And I won't go into enormous detail, but the old selling manager pro, which had some interesting features, most people didn't need it, but it is it was out there. Uh, is what eBay calls being deprecated, in other words, being just basically shut down, and most of the functionality is being absorbed into the regular seller hub, so they'll stop charging you for that if you have that as an option on your account and you'll get the benefits, or most of them, uh, for no extra charge. So I suppose that's a, a good thing. Yeah. And as they say, Sherry, on the old eBay radio show, there's our music. So uh, we'll uh, begin to wrap up at that point. We've got a interesting things coming up next time we speak to you. Um, Sherry's going to tell us what happens when you win the Up and Running Grant. We'll find out what the next steps are. Yeah, and we'll talk about changes to the API and why you should be concerned. That sounds like radio gold. Look forward <laughs> to hearing about that. I'm sure you'll be fascinated by that. Don't forget, uh, you can find out uh, more about us, the show, and more importantly, get in touch with us. Let us know what you think. Uh, we'd love to have your feedback. Good and bad, we'll take it all in. Uh, online. So again, that's uh, www.sellsellsell.online. So from Philip and Sherry, we wish you a very good week. See you next week. <laughs>